Hello, my name's Eleanor. The reading today is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. You are welcome to follow along on your own Bibles or on the screen behind me. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by a lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has been given will be given more. Sorry, whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Hi, my name's Emily. The way that Jesus has given me clarity in my life is by helping me to understand what the purpose of my life is, and that is to have a relationship with Him. 
I know that this relationship can only be because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross. Hi, my name's Darren. Uh, Jesus has given me clarity in my identity that I find in him. Um, and that's really uh, comes from knowing who I am and whose I am. Uh, and that helps me in lots of different ways, but probably the most notably, um, he gives me ways to constructively uh, deal with my failures and my weaknesses and those areas in my life that are quite tricky to handle. Hello Church, I'm Sankey. So when I was reading my Bible, when I first came here in Australia, Jesus talked with me through his verse in Matthew 6, 13. He told me that therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on so i was came here in australia i was missing my family i was missing my church i was worried about no my family is not here to support me but when i read this chapter jesus told me i'm always with you i know what you need he always give me clarity in my life that wherever you go whatever you do i'm always with you thank you I think the way that Jesus has given me clarity in life is knowing what he's done for me. I know that um, I want to serve him with my life. So it's given me a lot of direction and purpose, uh, especially coming out of school and going into university. Good morning, everyone. My name's Scott. I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Pracker. Um, so good to hear people keep on speaking about the impact that Jesus has had in their lives, isn't it? And I'm going to return to something that was said in that video a little moment later. But first, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered why, I mean, if this whole Christianity thing is true, have you ever wondered why more people don't believe it? I mean, sure, there are plenty of people across the world who call themselves Christians. Um, it's, it's the most common religion across the world. But, but if it really is true, why aren't there more people who believe? Of course, there's lots of reasons, aren't there? Lots of reasons we hear around today. Um, anything from people just not being interested in this kind of thing to I've uh, got other stuff going on to I've had a bad experience, generally not with Jesus himself, but generally with the, with the, with the church and the people that say they belong to Jesus. There's other people who are convinced that the whole thing is not true. And there's still some people who have uh, a problem with, with Jesus. They, they don't like what he said, what he stands for. These kind of issues, though, they're, they're not new. Um, these were around when Jesus was on earth, too. So um, we've just read from Matthew. Eleanor just read chapter th- part of chapter 13 for us. Matthew's a biography of Jesus. As we've been reading through Matthew in church here, um, we've seen a whole bunch of people before this who've been there with Jesus, but decided not to follow him, not to believe in him. And for a whole bunch of reasons, some of them were concerned about life and just being comfortable here. Some of them had other stuff going on, and so they didn't want to give that up to follow Jesus we saw Jesus go to a particular region called the Gadarenes and the people there wanted him gone because they were afraid of him, the power that he had. There's this group called the Teachers of the Law, a religious group, and they had a disagreement with Jesus. Uh, they, they accused him of blasphemy. But then there's, there's, there's two other major groups. Both of them rejected Jesus. One was the Pharisees. 
This is a, this is, these are some of the religious leaders of the day. They, they thought Jesus was demonic. They had a disagreement about the Sabbath laws. They wanted to kill him. Clearly, they saw what he did, didn't like him at all. And then there's the crowds. We often think that the crowds are, are pretty positive towards Jesus. Or at best, they're neutral, right? But because they, they liked him, they talked about him, they're amazed by Jesus. But it's not the full picture. With the crowds at Jesus' time, you see that, that, that every now and again they're unhappy with Jesus and the way that he acts. And in essence, in the end, Jesus says the crowds as a whole are unrepentant towards him. They won't change because of him. Just before the passage we read in chapter 13, right at the end of chapter 12, we see Jesus in a home and his mothers and brothers want to come into the home. But, but as that happens, we realize even Jesus' mother and brothers, these close family relations, they're not really on board with Jesus. Do you wonder why? I mean, sure, for us today here, maybe we haven't seen him. It might stand to reason that we don't believe yet. But, but think about back then. I mean, they saw him in the flesh, right in front of them, right? They heard him teach and speak. They were there when he did the miraculous things that he did. And still, most of them didn't believe and follow Jesus. Why? Is the whole thing just a hoax? Or is there something more to it than that? That's, kind of, that's where we're headed today. That's the question we want to ask. Um, but as we get there, before we get there, let me pray and, and ask God to help us understand his word. Will you pray with me? Loving Lord, as we come to consider what you've said to us today, we wanted to pray and ask for your help. Give us wisdom and clarity and insight that we might know Jesus and live for him. We pray in his name. Amen. Let's start then by looking at the parable Jesus told. Really, at his heart, it's a very simple story. Right? There's a farmer. He wants to sow his, his seed. He wants to grow a crop, so he throws it out. Some of the seed land on a path. The birds come and eat it. Some falls on the rocks. It has no roots. And when the sun comes out, it withers and dies. Some falls near the thorns. The thorns choke it. No crop there. And others fall on good soil where it can grow and it becomes very fruitful. Okay, Very simple story. And... You, maybe you've heard this story before, and we've, we've heard, we saw the video before, explain a little bit. You know what the story's about. But I want you for a moment to put yourself in the shoes of the people who were there on that first day when Jesus told this parable. What are they thinking? What are they thinking this is about? Is, is it like the video said, that Jesus is giving us gardening advice? Is it about a farmer who needs to get better at planting his crops? Because look at all the wastage there. Just, if you only threw it in the good soil, it would be so much better, right? What's, what's this story all about? We just read the explanation. So we know it's about how people respond to Jesus. We know that. But the people Jesus was speaking to there, they didn't, did they? I was thinking to myself, man, you know, I reckon if I were there with Jesus... I could have been so much more clearer than him. I could have got the message across so much better than he did. You know what I mean? Like, 
why isn't Jesus clearer here? And it's, it can't be that Jesus is a bad teacher because up to this point in, in, in Matthew, we've seen him be, be actually a, a really good teacher. What's going on here then? We'll get a little hint at the end of, uh, in verse 9. At the end of the parable, Jesus says these words, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That is, Jesus is he's laying out a challenge here, isn't he? Will we just kind of hear this story and then get on with life? Or are we going to take the time to consider what is Jesus saying? What does it mean for me? I mean, the disciples, they're as baffled as anyone about the story. They don't get it. And they don't understand why Jesus would bother using parables. They, they say to him, why, why do you do this? We don't understand what it means. Why don't you just speak plainly to us? So the question in verse 10, why do you speak to the people in parables, Jesus? Have you ever stopped to ask that question? Why Jesus uses parables? Most of us tend to think that they're illustrations. I think that's what the video said before, illustrations to help us understand. The stories make things more memorable, and so they're a good teaching technique. You remember the story so you can remember what Jesus was teaching, right? So the Oxford Dictionary, they use this. This is what they say a parable is. It's a, it's a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lessons. They're simple illustrations that help you get the point. I remember um, hearing about a like a kids' ministry program that you could uh, use. It takes the kids, like the kind of thing you could use out with Trinity Kids. It takes the kids through the parables of Jesus. And it said that the parables were earthly stories about heavenly truths. Earthly stories about heavenly truths. Jesus is explaining big truths to us, and he's using these simple stories to help us get it, things we can all relate to. Sounds kind of... Nice and neat, right? Jesus asked that question, why do you speak to the people in parables? And his answer is shocking, actually. Jesus says, I use parables not because they help people understand, but precisely because they don't. Look at verse 11. He says, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them, not to the crowds. You see the point here? The parables don't help people understand. Instead, they highlight a division that's already there. The disciples have been given understanding about Jesus' kingdom, but the crowds haven't. And the parables shine a spotlight. They highlight for us this division between the two. Because the crowds go home thinking, well, that farmer really needs to get better at doing his job, doesn't he? See, they don't understand. But the disciples realize there's something more going on here. And so they go to Jesus and he gives them an explanation. Jesus quotes from Isaiah. Isaiah was a guy, he lived about 700 years before Jesus. Um, he's a prophet and um, a lot of his prophecies were written down in a book called Isaiah. In his book, Isaiah recalls how God called him to be a prophet. This is in Isaiah chapter 6. And, and, and it, Isaiah recalls um, he, what happened when he accepted when he accepted God's call to be a prophet, God tells him, well, Isaiah, 
it's going to be a hard road to walk down. You're going to go out to Israel, my people. You're going to speak my message to them. But you know what? They're not going to listen to you. They're hardened. So no matter how much you speak my word to them, they're not going to change. They're not going to listen. That was Isaiah. And Jesus says, that's me. I'm like Isaiah. People are going to hear me speak, but they won't understand. They're going to see me, but they're not going to get me because their hearts are hardened. And the parables, they highlight this difference for us. Those who are hardened just hear it as a story and move on. The parables don't help them understand. They show that this group of people already don't understand. Just to clarify, it's not that Jesus is trying to hide the truth from some. Not at all. But, but there's a division that exists. We saw this earlier. Uh, many have, have seen him, seen what he's done, heard him very clearly, and they've decided, no, I don't want Jesus. And so Jesus teaches in parables now to expose this division. It's, it's kind of a, a fitting way for Jesus to teach because it highlights the different response to him already. Let me give you a couple of implications of this. Firstly, don't hear this and think, well, Jesus is kind of happy with this situation. right? He's got his little group of friends and um, he likes them. He doesn't really care about anyone else because he's got his own group here. That's not what Jesus is saying here at all. That's not what the passage is telling us either. This is a passage about why the parables are the right way for Jesus to teach. From elsewhere in the Bible, we see Jesus is very compassionate. Jesus has a deep concern for all people, even those who don't follow him. We see his heart long for those who haven't accepted him. Even we see his heart at times long for those who are most hardcore in their stance against him. You know, Jesus is, is the one who breaks stubborn hearts as well, isn't he? I know he did that for me. Even look at his disciples. Right? These guys aren't perfect followers. They mess up. It's not like they understand everything Jesus is on about. But what they have got is a hunger. They hunger for more of Jesus. More on that in a moment. Second thing I want to point out so far. Um, there are lots of ways to say no to Jesus in life. And we mentioned this before. It can be anything from, I'm just not really that interested in Jesus, right through to, I, I think he stands for the wrong thing. Lots of ways to reject Jesus, but at heart, there's one thing that's common to all of them, and that is that there's no hunger for Jesus in their life. No desire for his message, no real longing for Jesus to be in life, to have a place in life, to even be in charge of your life. And that... That really is what the parable is all about. We started with the question, if, if, if Jesus is all that he says he is, if Christianity is true, then why don't more people follow Jesus? That's the question. And, and when Jesus explains the parable to us, we hear his answer to it. See, the parable is all about what people do when they hear Jesus' message. So verse 19, when anyone Here's the message about the kingdom. And then he goes on to explain the parable. And as Jesus explains this parable, I want to ask, before we, before we get any further, have you got the ears that want to hear this? 
Well, firstly, Jesus says, some people will dismiss me. The reason why some people don't follow me is because they dismiss my word. Let me read again from verse 19. Jesus says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was, thrown, what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. Jesus is saying here that hearts can be hard, like a, a pathway that's worn because you keep using it. The dirt becomes compact and hard. And just like the seed that will hit that path is, is, is easy food for the birds, so also if we're hardened to Jesus, it's easy for his word to be taken Snatched away from us. And so there's a warning in this then for those of us who hear. Beware of having that hardened heart. Beware of, of not letting Jesus' message sink in. Beware of just dismissing what Jesus says. It's a stern warning. And it's a stern warning for a reason, because Jesus wants us to hear, don't let Satan take away this opportunity from you. Don't let it just go to waste. Maybe if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I, I haven't really given Jesus much time, maybe it's time to give Jesus a second chance to look a bit harder into what he's about. What have you got to lose after all? second thing Jesus says is that some will wither under the heat. So verse 20, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Rocky ground doesn't allow for deep roots. And so it might look for a time like the seed is growing, like someone is following Jesus. But when the sun comes out, the plant withers away. When trouble or persecution comes, some fall away. And notice what that trouble and persecution is. It's not a, a general thing here. It's not like the worries of the world that can hit all of us. It's trouble or persecution because of the word. It's trouble or persecution that comes because people believe the message that Jesus said. Let me just talk to you. If you're a follower of Jesus here today, um, this will happen. Trouble or persecution will come to you. And not that life is all just kind of one big ball of trouble that you've got to deal with all the time or that every day and everywhere you go, people are going to persecute you. It's not like that. But Jesus says you need to expect it. It's going to come. And he doesn't say this so that we can walk around life everywhere pretending to be a victim all the time, but, but he tells us this so that we're not surprised. So when it does come, we're ready. We don't fall away, but we push on in following Jesus. So let me ask you, if you're someone who's following Jesus here today, are you ready for this? Are you prepared to keep following Jesus, even when it gets tough, even when people turn against you, even when it brings trouble to your life? Are you going to keep following Jesus?
in, in the parable, the reason why the plant dies is because it has no roots, right? It's just, there's a shallowness to it. And so it can't stand up to the scorching heat of the sun. And that's what can happen with faith too. If our faith is just shallow, if we don't dig deep roots, if we're just happy for our faith to be light and easy, like a thin veneer of butter on a slice of bread, and if we never look to the Bible for deep answers to to, to the big questions that life throws us, if we just have shallow roots, our faith will struggle. When trouble comes because of our beliefs, when persecution comes because of our beliefs, it's so easy to wither and fall away at that time. Friends, beware of, of shallow faith. That's the warning for us here. Beware of shallow faith. What's the antidote to this? It's to have the deep roots, isn't it? To, to, to be deeply rooted in our faith. To, to be digging our, our roots deep in the word. Wrestling with what it says. Wrestling with how it looks like in, to, to, to live this out in life. Struggling to know God better and better and live for him day by day. Are you going to grow deep roots in your faith? Jesus is telling us why there's not more people that follow him. He says, some just dismiss me. Some hear my word and, and, and end up withering away. And Jesus says, and some, some don't follow me because their life of faith has been choked out. So, verse 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Here, the, the plant's healthy. It's growing, even. This is a person who's heard the message of Jesus, that's uh, accepted it, that seems to be kicking along in the Christian life. But the plant is surrounded by like these thorny weed things. And the, the person is surrounded by the worries of life and, and wealth. And, and like the thorns can choke a plant from light and oxygen and the ability to grow. That's what happens here too. The worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, they, they get in the way of faith and end up choking it out. And so often these two things go hand in hand, don't they? Life has all sorts of worries that come our way, right? And, and we figure to ourselves, well, if only I had a bit more money, then I could fix these problems and, 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 and then go away. I'd be better again, right? Now, deep down, we know that's not true. Uh, but what does it say there about riches? They're deceitful. And so we chase them anyway. And while we're worried about the things of this life and while we're chasing after money, slowly, bit by bit, we just leave Jesus behind. And, and, and our faith dies. Slowly, just over time, being choked out. I think there's a, there's a, there's a great warning for us about this today. This, more than ever, this is a big thing. In living in Adelaide today, we are those who are surrounded by worries about this life and wealth. And for us, 
the good life seems so possible. And it's easy to think, if only I just had a little bit more, then, then things would be so much better. If I just got the promotion, just got the pay rise, if I just got a bit more, then, then life would be easier. I'd be able to deal with the worries. Things would be better. And so it, become, it becomes easy to chase after that then. Chase after these things. It can start with something simple like, oh, look, I just got to just skip church this one Sunday. You know, it's been a big week and I just need some rest. Or maybe I need to go into the office and get a few things done. And it's just, it's just one week. There's nothing wrong with missing one week, is there? And by the way, haven't you noticed housing prices? Poof, haven't they gone through the roof recently? They're getting astronomical. If we're ever going to get a house and put our roots down, then, well, we've got to get into the market and that's going to be hard. So we need a big bank balance and... We run around trying to get this and life becomes so busy, doesn't it? Between work and chasing around for the kids or catching up with people and making sure you've got to do the things that you enjoy as well because you need to stop yourself from burning out. And slowly, bit by bit, some things just get squeezed out of life. No time to read the Bible anymore. And over time, maybe it goes from missing a Sunday here or there to being not really regular at all at church and until eventually Jesus is just some kind of relic in the past. It's not that you've had a big moment of walking away. And there's nothing wrong with any of the one thing that you've done. But over time, it's just that slow, slow drift away. Jesus is taking a back seat. And the things of this life and the allure of wealth, slowly, bit by bit, they choke out faith. Friends, do you hear the warning here? Beware. Beware of being overly invested in the here and now. Beware of money and how it deceives us. Beware of just slowly, slowly drifting away from Jesus. You want to know why it is that so many people don't follow Jesus? This is Jesus' answer. This is why. He says, Because as he speaks, people respond to his message differently. Some ignore and dismiss. Some wither under pressure. Some get too caught up in the here and now. But in the end, all of them are hungry. All of them have a hunger for something other than Jesus. There's more to the parable, isn't there? There's one more type of seed. Uh, verse 23, but the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 100, 60, 30 times what was sown. Here the seed lands in good soil and, and the results are impressive, right? It's a, there's a, a bountiful crop. And that's what it's like for someone who follows Jesus. There's, there's growth, there's a crop, it's it's. It's super fruitful. And this is the response that Jesus is looking for. So let me spell out a couple of implications for this for us now. Firstly, ultimately, there's only one right way to respond to Jesus. It's to hear his word and to sink your roots deeply into his word. To not be so focused on this world, but to be so focused on Jesus. That is, to be a follower of Jesus, to be someone who's hungry, to grow. Deep roots in the Word. 
letting this shape the way you think, the way you live. Keeping on being hungry for him. Yes, we've got to live in this world, but not becoming so invested in it that we forget Jesus or put him in the back seat. I'm going to embarrass someone now, but that's why, partly why we had the video I played before. Uh, great to hear all people, all sorts of different people, telling about Jesus and the impact he's had in their life. But um, did you notice what Sankey said? She came to Australia, worried about family being over there, worried about, about what she's going to be like, what life's going to be like here, feeling alone. And where did she turn to? She turned to the Word of God. She let, she let God speak to her in that moment. And she let God's words sink down deeply. It became the answer to her question. There's a hunger for him there. Thank you for your, your word of testimony to us. It was wonderful to hear that. I say, let's be those who keep having that, that deep hunger for Jesus and his word. So that, so that when we have troubles in life, we go there. We're seeking to grow. We're seeking to keep our eyes on him, not become sidetracked with the things that can so easily distract us. Ultimately, there's only one right way to respond to Jesus. He's a hunger for him, growing in him. Secondly, then, this, this parable tells us, don't be discouraged in mission. Sometimes it can feel like you're doing your best to help others get to know about Jesus, right? And yet it seems like it's going nowhere. Um, your workmates, neighbours, friends, no one really shows it that much interest and it can be discouraging. I remember studying at uni and meeting my friend Dave at uni. Um, I got to spend four years with him and we'd go to classes together, you know, hang out for lunch, do assignments together, all this kind of stuff. A good friend Dave was. We shared a, a love for... Um, uh, similar music. And I was convinced with Dave that Jesus would be an excellent thing for his life. Really wanted it for him. Can I say, at the end of four years of doing uni together, I felt like I'd made no progress. On day one, he said, oh, just don't talk to me about that kind of stuff. On the end of uni, he said, yep, yeah, not interested, no thanks. It was kind of demoralizing, like, thinking to myself, why can I get nowhere with this kind of stuff? You ever felt like that as well? That's why Jesus tells this parable, remember? You know, his disciples have just seen Jesus do all these amazing things, and yet there's so few people that are following him. And you can imagine them being discouraged about their mission, and they had Jesus right there with them. Now Jesus tells this parable to remind them and to remind us as well today there is a harvest, and it is bountiful. Jesus says, yes, not everyone will follow me, but some will. And that harvest will be rich. That harvest will be abundant. So don't be discouraged when you go on mission. Don't be discouraged when you get no's, when it seems like you're getting nowhere. Keep going, because Jesus has a harvest ready for us. And I want you to remember that as we head into Easter this year. We're doing all sorts of stuff like letterbox drops in the area around Paraka here. We're having friends over for dinner or trying to catch up with friends and stay connected in some way. We're going to try and, you know, we'll be inviting people to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We're we'll looking out to welcome people when they come in and join us here. And we're even looking ahead in, in, in term two to the life series and, 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 and 
it could be easy to think, what's the point of all this? What do we ever see come from this? I say, remember now, before we, but even before we get into the real height of Easter, remember this parable. Because when it comes to mission, we don't need to be discouraged. As we speak the word, whether it's on our own or together as a church, as the word goes out from us, yes, it's going to scatter into all sorts of kinds of soil. But as we do, it's going to scatter into some good soil as well. There's a harvest, a rich, abundant harvest. Jesus is telling this parable to us so that we don't be discouraged. But we keep at it. Keep being on mission, friends. So that's what I want to implore us to do today. Keep being on mission. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus and what he speaks to us. Our prayer is that the message of this parable would seep into our hearts. Keep us from being uh, like the seed that landed on the path or in the rocky ground or... Or, or, or amongst the thorns. Father, we pray that you would help us grow deep roots in, in your word. Help us be hungry for more of Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, that we would be an abundant harvest for you. And we pray that you would use us. Help us be on mission over Easter and in fact all of our lives. So there would be an abundant harvest for Jesus through us too, we pray. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.